Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We are so excited to keep coming with you. My name is Rich Carwell. This is my lovely wife, Melissa Valenzuela Cardwell. We are missionaries. We are so honored to be here at the church. We're so excited. I've been coming here for almost eight to nine years. My parents have been on staff here for a while. They're Pastor Rick and Jennifer Cardwell. Uh, if you know Rick, he is he is flair. He is wide open. I'm going to try to not channel him today. I'm not going to go wild and crazy. I'm going to keep it simple and smooth. We're excited. Our topic today, as you can see, is the gospel of power. We have had this stern in our hearts for a while now. We're in a season and time where we more than ever need to step up and preach the gospel with boldness and excitement. It is an honor. I want to thank Pastor Joe and Pastor Barb for allowing us to be here. The whole staff, we are so thankful for all of them and the blessing they are. And like I said, I've been coming here for a while, and I think so much of this church, and it's such an honor to be able to be here and, and spend time with family. Even though we're not connected, wherever you are right now, we know God has a plan for we. We know God's got a word for you in season today. And so thank you for joining us, and we're going to see God moving. And with that, I'm going to hand off to my wife. Amen. Hello, New Beginnings. We just want to go and lift up the name of Jesus together. We bless you, Father. Thank you for having us together. I ask you, Lord, to give us sensitive ears and hearts to go and listen to your word, Father, and that it can go and produce and accomplish that which you're sending it forth to do. In your mighty name, amen. amen. New Beginnings, you guys have amazing pastors, and yes. we are so honored to be here with you guys today. Church, I have a question for you. How many of you know that there is a fight going on outside of those? doors. There is a fight going on for our attention. Everything out there is trying to go and get our attention. It's a fight for our gaze. It's a fight for where are our eyes at? Where is our attention at? You know, one of these days, I guess that I watch too much social media or I get too invested in what was going on outside and I got a little bit distraught. I was starting to get a little bit frustrated and questions started popping up in my thoughts and the Holy Spirit arrested me and it brought me back here to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26 to 29. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, if you can come with me. It says, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. Did you hear that? The voice of the Lord shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, this is a kingdom that is righteousness, peace, and joy. So let us, new beginnings, be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For we know that our God is a devouring fire. Amen. And so this is what I want to go and tell you today. There is a fight outside for our attention. Everything's trying to go and get our attention. And so today we're going to go and see the things that are unshakable. We're going to see the things that pertain to the kingdom. Today we're going to talk about the word of God, the gospel of power, my friends. Yeah. It will not be shaken. Everything pertaining to this world will. But the word of God will 
remain in the name of Jesus Christ. I just want to give you the big news for today. God still reigns. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, making our requests being known to him. And we are seated at this very moment in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, everything is well in the kingdom. Everything Everything is well in the kingdom. And so with that, let's talk about what's really matter. Let's talk about eternity. Let's talk about souls. Let's talk about this kingdom that is unshakable. Amen. Can you guys go with me? We're going to introduce our topic, the gospel of power. Let me start by saying this, that preaching the gospel is the most loving thing that we can do for anyone. I'm going to repeat that. To preach the gospel is the most loving thing that we can ever do for anyone. This is according to Romans chapter 1 verse 14, where Paul writes and it says, love obligates me to preach to everyone, to preach to the wise, to preach to the educated, to preach to the uneducated, to preach to the foolish, to preach to the Greek, to preach to the barbarian. Love obligates me. Love compels me. Love makes me want to go and preach the gospel. These Ooh, are the words of yes. Paul. That is the best thing that we can do is to preach the gospel. It's the most loving thing that we can do for anyone. But let me tell you, our lifestyle has changed so much that we slip so easily into feeling disdain for unbelievers. But not Paul. He felt that for the unbelievers. He felt that that gospel that he had received, that undeserving grace, it was meant to be shared. We cannot hold what we have in here. We have a treasure. The yes. gospel is ours. Yes. But it is meant to go out of these doors. It is meant to go and be shared and shared boldly with those who boldly. are outside. Amen. Can you guys go with me just two verses ahead? Romans 1, 16, 17. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Amen. Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for every Everyone who believes right there where you are. Can you say that with me? For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Oh, say it again. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. More and more, this word is going to be tested. And yes. it is up to us to go and stand firm for what we believe. That we are not ashamed of this gospel. For we know we have received it. And we know it's power for us. We have received it. For the you first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. What does Hebrews says? It says that we need to go and have our attention, our focus on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. That's where our gaze should be. That's where our focus, our attention should be over there. I love the way that the Passion Translation says these same verses. It says, I refuse to be ashamed of sharing the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashing us through Christ. For I am thrilled to preach that everyone who believed is saved. I love that. It goes from I am refusing to go and be ashamed of sharing this wonderful message to I am thrilled actually to go and share this message with you guys. And that's just the way we feel. We are so thrilled to be sharing this message with you guys today. And it says over here, verse 16, I refuse, let that be our confession, I refuse to be ashamed of the gospel. And let me just go and ask you a question. What makes people feel ashamed? What makes you feel ashamed? You know, usually we feel ashamed when we're put into the spotlight. What about being put into the spotlight and having to say things or do things that we know that are going to make other people feel uncomfortable? (laughs) What about the gospel? Do you think that the Greek wanted to receive the the word? Do you think that the barbarians, do you think that everyone was eager to go and receive this word? Oh, let me tell you what happens. Second Corinthians verse 
chapter 11, verse 23 to 26, here comes Paul and gives us a list of ways in which he has been chained in his own ministry. And he says, are they servants of Christ? Are they even servants of Christ? For I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned and three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews as well as the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts and in the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but are not. Do you think that he was chained in his ministry for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? Oh, he was my friend. But he said, I refuse. Let me tell you what happened. The gospel set Paul free from shame. The gospel does two things. It exposes our chaining behavior for those who do not believe it. And it frees us up from every shame to those who believe it because we know that it is power we know that the word of god is alive we know that it will remain it will not be shaken the things of this world will be shaken oh but everything is well in the kingdom come on what about jesus this is the example of paul what about jesus our savior hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says we do this by keeping our eyes on jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him he endured the cross disregarding its shame again do you think that jesus knew what shame looked like because of the gospel because of preaching the gospel oh he knew it but it says disregarding its shame that means he did not pay attention he did not yield to shame he did not went and became a coward when they started mocking him and ridiculing him and he was scorned for you and for me but that did not he ignored it he did not cared about that he cared about the gospel of power. He carried, he carried the word alive. He knew that souls were at stake. He knew what eternity looked like. And it was far more important for him to go and deliver the message of salvation. It was more important for him to go and die on a cross than to go and be thinking about how shaming that could have been. It says Ooh, he disregarded its shame yes. because he knew the joy that was awaiting him. My friends, This is the very beginning of the ends of times. The more and more this word, this powerful gospel is going to go and test us. Where do we stand for it? Are we going to get ashamed or are we going to refuse? Are we going to disregard its shame? And we're going to go and put weight on the word of God. Weight on the word of God. Mark 8.35 says, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospels will save it. We have to give our lives in order to save our lives. We have to give our lives to the gospel. My husband and I were missionaries. I am from Honduras. I just want to tell to all of our Latin friends, que Dios te bendiga. So excited (laughs) to be with you guys today. And wherever we go, we have found that it's really easy 
to go and give into this. It's really easy to go and give into shame. It's really easy for people to go and point out and to say, that makes me uncomfortable. You've offended me. That is not right. But where do we stand, church? We need to stand into that conviction. I refuse to be ashamed of the gospel. Oh, for I, I know, I've tested it. I know it's true, I know it's alive. I know it's power for me because I believe it. May that be our confession today. My husband and I, we've been praying for you guys. We've been praying about this message. We've asked the Lord, how did you do it? How you did it? How did Jesus do it? How did Paul did it? How did they preach the gospel? How did they disregard shame? How did they did not yield to it? How did they went and preach it? And love compelled them to go to the ends of the earth with that yeah. gospel. How did they do it? And it was one word. The Lord gave us one word. He said boldness. boldness. He did it with boldness. Jesus did it with boldness. Paul did it with boldness. Those heroes of faith did it with boldness. That great cloud of witness that's surrounding us today, they were bold to go and preach the gospel into the ends of the earth. My friends, let us talk about boldness. As we've been talking about this, just like Melissa said, we're talking about boldness. And I want you to know, Melissa and I, we have walked this out. Yes. My wife, she's been a missionary. She has come to America to do missions here. She's been in Haiti. She, we have preached in Spain and all over Europe together. I myself have gone into the Middle East multiple times and spent months on end in the Middle East preaching the gospel. There was one time I was actually preaching on this subject about evangelism, talking to Egyptians about evangelizing, and I had a guy stand up to me and look me in the face and go, how can you say that? If I go forth and preach the gospel, it could send me to prison. It could send my family to prison. And I looked at him and I said, I never want anything bad to happen to you. I pray for you and your family to be blessed, blessed, blessed. But I know if God's stirring something in your heart, it's for a time and a season. And if you hold back, if you don't tell somebody about Christ in this day and time, that could be the difference between them living in eternity and them going to hell. Yeah. Do you see this? Paul, just like she was talking about, Paul asked for, pray, he told the church to pray for boldness upon him. He wanted to preach the unbridled word of God. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he knew lives were at stake. He knew people's futures were at stake. And he wanted boldness to rise up because everybody, remember the, the, the church at that time, the Jewish church at that time, the synagogues were telling them and the government was telling them not to preach the gospel, not to preach about Jesus. But he has to be bold and be strong in that time period. What is boldness then? We often think of boldness as a characteristic of one of a person, a personality trait, somebody who's a class clown, somebody who stands up in front of body and who say anything and do anything and be wild. That's a type of boldness, but that's not the boldness we're talking about. We're talking about spiritual boldness. Yes. It's a zeal that comes from the inside. It's a passion that rises up from the depths of your soul. It rises up from the spirit man inside of you and comes forth with power to preach the gospel, to proclaim the good works of the Lord. It rises up inside of you to go to your neighbor and pray for them. It rises up inside of you to go and say, I, I just have something for you. And you give them something. It's boldness is despising and putting down yourself, humbling yourself before the mighty hand of God Amen. and allowing God to rise you up and to use you. It's so important that we as a church allow boldness into our lives. Why? Because God wants to touch people. Remember, Christ went up to heaven. He's seated with the Father at the right hand. He has made us his body. 
We are his hands and his feet in this time. And so for us, we need to step forward because if we don't proclaim it, we're not going to see it passed. He's already done it. He gave us, he gave us authority on earth. And if we as the church don't step up and tell the truth, the unbridled word of God, if we don't proclaim those things, we're not going to see it come to pass. It is whatever it is. It is, it is putting down yourself. It is not something, boldness is not something that is characteristic. It is a spiritual thing inside of us. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with him. Amen. Last weekend, I was sitting at a dinner with a bishop and his wife. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, we're having a great time. And we've been there for three hours. And we're just enjoying, and the server comes up and goes, is there anything else I can get you? And out of nowhere, it was so powerful. He stopped the conversation, turned and looked at her, and looked her in the eyes and said, do you know that Jesus loves you? Amen. Do you know that he went to the cross for you? And he wasn't saying it out of religious. He was saying it because he had the love of God in him and he could see how much God loved her. He didn't ask her any other questions, but do you know how much God loved you? That Jesus died for you. Do you see the boldness that came up out of him? We could have just enjoyed our drinks and enjoyed our food and just sat there in that moment. But he said, God loves you. As uncomfortable as it was, because in a way, we're sitting at a restaurant with a lady who just wants to come in, take our stuff and do her job. But he stopped in that moment, in the uncomfortability to tell this, this, this lady how much God loved her. That's boldness. That's boldness inside of us. Acts 2.14. We're going to go there. And it's, then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. I love this. He stood up. Yes. Remember, this is Peter who just recently denied Christ three times. This is the same Peter who walked on water and started slipping in. This is the same Peter that Jesus himself looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. This is the Peter who has messed up and had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows with Christ. But he steps up and said, he stood up and proclaimed. And because he addressed the crowd and told them what was happening, 3,000 souls were saved. Do you see, your life is tied to souls. We're in a day and time where the world is trying to push us back, where the world is telling us what we can and cannot do. And we're told we have to live a certain way. We have to dress a certain way. We have to wear certain things. We can't say certain stuff because it can offend somebody. Peter denied Christ because he was ashamed and thought he himself would be put to death. Just as Christ was going to the cross. But still, when that spirit came upon him, he rose up in boldness. He rose up. And took action. He was like, this is, this is what's going on. We love God so much that it just comes out of our inner being. That it just, he loved Christ so much. Christ had done so much for him. He just proclaimed the good works. First Samuel 10, 6. Then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy to them. And you will be transformed and transformed 
into another man. We see this in Peter at this moment in time. We saw again, he just denied Christ. He even went, took some disciples, went to a boat, started fishing and went back to his old ways. He was completely denied Christ and went backwards. Christ had to go get him off the boat. Yet, here he is stepping forth when the Holy Spirit came upon him. That boldness changed him into another man. Whatever your personality traits are, whatever things that, de that believe define you, God, God is the one that defines you. And he can change you into another man. He can take what it was there and transform it. And the word of God can come out of your mouth with boldness. In Christ, we have boldness to access confidently through faith. Amen. To God, our Father. That's Ephesians 3.12. We can now, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace. Hebrews 4.16. Whom shall we fear? That's Psalms 27.1. You see, we got nothing to fear. Amen. Why? Because he is with us is greater than he is against us. We can overcome this world because we have the armies of God beside us. The the only reason we hold back is we don't have a revelation of what God has done for us and what God can do with us. Because us working with him releases dunamis power. And God wants to release things in your life right now. Jeremiah 48.10 says, Cursed is he who, who keeps back the sword. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Cursed is he who keeps back his sword from blood. Do you see this? Now, in the New Testament, what is the sword? The sword is the word of God. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. You see the gospel of power. You see these are the things that are our swords. Our weapon is our Bible, right? Our prayer. That's how we, we get on our knees and we pray and we see things change, right? If you're not using the word... You're not using your sword. We should be taking territory. We should be going further. We should be seeing things happen in our lives, in our families' lives, in our neighbors' lives. Why? Because we have authority in the earth. Jeremiah 1.8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from my lips, from your lips, from everybody in this church's lips. Amen. You see, we are called to preach the gospel. We are called to proclaim the gospel. We are called to touch people's lives. Right now, people are more hungry for a touch. Don't hold back your sword. No, take your sword and go forward and proclaim the good works of the Lord. We need to rise up and declare the truth. Because I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter what Facebook says. It doesn't matter what the news says. It doesn't matter what our, or what our government says. I'm telling you right now, the only truth is the word of God. And when we rise up and we declare the truth, by his stripes, we were healed. You see, it doesn't matter what the world says. We got to get our eyes off of us. We got to get our eyes off the law, on our, our eyes on the lost. Why? Because God wants to touch the lost. God wants to use you where you're at right now to touch somebody. It doesn't matter who, but he wants to use you because he made us to be his vessels on the earth. Amen. Can you guys go with me to Hebrews chapter 10? Verse 19 and 20. And it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we, you and I, we can go boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Yes. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Did you see that? We can go boldly. Boldness starts when we enter into that most holy place. 
how deep do we want to go? Boldness starts in that very moment when we decide and enter into the most holy place. How do we do it? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way. It's not... It has nothing to do with what we want, with what, with what we can achieve. It has everything to do with what God wants and with what he has already achieved for us. It has everything to do with the blood of Jesus, that blood that was shed on a cross. So it has everything to do with the humility of Christ. We put on the humility of Christ and that becomes our boldness. We put on the humility, his redemptive work, what he did for us, who he is, what he has done, not what we want. My husband said, boldness has nothing to do with self. It consumes everything in this world is gonna be shaken. Yes. It's the incorruptible. It's the unshakable kingdom of God. This is the gospel. The gospel of power is to be preached because this will remain. This is unshakable. And it has everything to do with us taking on the redemptive work of Christ Jesus. The word says that we can do even greater things. The word says in Ephesians 3.20 that we can do exceedingly and abundantly more than all we ask, dare, think, or imagine according to the power That is at work within us. According to the power, the power of that gospel that needs to be hidden inside of you. So it comes out of you so you can declare it boldly. According to that power, we can do so much more. I can clearly remember being in Honduras years ago. I was was just a kid. I was 18 years old. And I can remember being with a youth team. And we were over 2,000 youth. And we were doing crusades all around Honduras. We were really close to the borders of El Salvador. And we went to this place, and I remember a man came for, from, for prayer, and he came in a wheelchair. And it's a little bit different when you're going to pray for someone that you don't know anything. But when you see the need so visual, so tangible, you knew what this man was believing for. You knew what that man was going there for. He came over there on his wheelchair all the way to the front. And he believed, and I saw that man leaving that church that day, walking in his two feet. The power of the gospel is alive, is vital, is the only thing that can carry us through these times. We refuse to be ashamed of the gospel for we have received it and we know it is power for us. It is powerful. It will do that which is sent forth to do. It will accomplish its purpose. I love what happened in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 verse 29 to 31. It says, and now, O Lord... This is the prayer of the apostles. Hear their threats. Have you guys been hearing any threat lately towards the church? Mm. Hear their threats and give us, give us new beginnings. Your servants, great boldness Boldness. in preaching your word. See how the prayer starts. Grant us great boldness to preach your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power and may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. How does boldness work? Through the blood of Jesus. We take on the humility of Jesus. We take on the redemptive work of Jesus. We take on the finished work of Jesus. We enter to the most holy place. We go deep into it. We take on Jesus into us. And after these prayers, is verse 31, the meeting place shook. Do you remember how did we started? What we started saying? <laughs> At his voice, the earth will shake. Mm, come on. And they were all filled oh. with the Holy Spirit. 
Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Yes. He granted them that which they had prayed for. The Holy Spirit came upon them and he granted them to preach the word with boldness. And all the believers were united in heart and mind. Remember, my husband said it has nothing to do with self. This is not, we do not use boldness for personal gain, for personal needs. It has everything to do. Boldness is essential in the kingdom of God. Boldness is essential in that kingdom. That's joy, peace, and righteousness. And they felt what they owned was not of their own, so they shared everything that they had. I'm gonna tell you, my friend, if what you have is Philippians 4.13, you go and share that with the world. If what you have is John 3.16, you share that with the world. Yes. If what you have is Genesis 1.1, you share that with the, the world. world. We are Woo, in critical times in which we need to go and speak up. So my prayer for you today is God grant us to preach your word with boldness. As we finish, y'all, I have a couple things I want to finish with, and we're, we're closing down. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for being a part. Thank you guys for what's uh, whatever's in your heart. We want to believe with you. I uh, A while back, I told you this, as we were t- talking today, I told you that we've lived this message. We believe in this message. And a while back, I had a vision. And I'm going to close with this, and I want to pray for you. I had a vision of when I was in my teenage years, late teenage years. I was praying at a prayer meeting at the church, praying, and there was this moment where the whole room went black. Just the whole thing shut down. Couldn't see anything. And I started looking around, and when I looked down, I saw all these people. So all these people, they were climbing on each other, rolling, screaming. They were trying to get out. And the voices were so loud, it started hurting my head. And I grabbed onto my ears, and I was trying to drown out the noise. I started screaming as loud as I could, and I couldn't drown out the noise of all these people screaming, begging for help. And I looked down at my hands, and they were covered in blood. And I remember a voice came up inside of me saying, their blood is on your hands. You are tied to people on this earth. God's called you to preach the gospel. God's called us to preach the gospel. We might be missionaries going to different countries, but you have a mission field. That is your home. That is your neighborhood. That's your work. That's your community. That's your state. God has called you to a people in a time, and your lives are tethered to your choices. God gave the, the whole entire plan of redemption to 11 people that turned the world upside down. God wants to use you to turn this world upside down. And God wants to use you to go forth and preach the gospel. Just like she said, whatever that verse is in your heart, whatever's burning in there, just let it out. Let God take you to places you can never imagine. If you see someone sick, lay hands on them. So the Bible says, we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Let us not be ashamed. Let us not be afraid. Have a little bit of boldness. I believe Brother Hagin said this once. He said the difference between revival and no revival is a little bit of boldness. So as I close, close your eyes, and I just want to pray for you. Thank you, God, for all the people that are seeing this. Thank you, God, for the work that you started within them. Thank you that you're faithful to finish it through Christ Jesus. I thank you that they have heard this word, and it will go forth and produce much, much fruit. And I thank you, God, that they will rise up, rise up, and become who they're called to be. Acts 2, 17 says, you'll pour your spirit on all flesh. I ask you right now, God, go forth, pour your spirit on them. Grant unto your servants boldness. Grant unto them a spirit that will rise up and claim the truth. 
and it will set so many free. I thank you, God. You have been faithful. You'll never leave us or forsake us. You said you'd always be there with us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You came to comfort us. I thank you. Peace that surpasses peace comes upon them, and that, God, they will be used by you mightily in this season. I thank you, God. For such a time as this, you have placed us here. You've placed new beginnings here. You've placed this congregation here. You've placed this word on the internet and here. And I thank you, God. It will go forth and do so much great works. And I thank you, Jesus. You said we would do more than you did, we would do on the earth. And so I thank you right now for miracles happening. I thank you for, for people being set free. I thank you for chains being broken. I thank you for healings coming. I thank you, God, that hearts are being bound together. And I thank you, God, that you're rebuilding families, marriages, and people. And I thank you that as this time that seems to be going darker and darker, you're raising up a standard in the earth that will shine brighter than ever before. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Appreciate you and God bless. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.